0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I do have to tell you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Full Scale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably and powering our Startup Hustle dreams. They do that too. So today, um, I am super, super excited to, because we actually, I have a repeater. Uh, we have with us today, Stephanie Melodia. And Stephanie and I had a another episode a while back, and I, I definitely invite you to listen to it. Uh, it is Gender Equality and Startup Communities. Um, give it a listen. But Stephanie and I, we had a really great conversation the last time we spoke but one of the things that we talked about and kind of bonded over is the fact that we struggle with sleep each in our own individual way and we we kind of just jumped off and started talking about the fact that you know sleep is so valuable and it's such an important part of health and wellness and self-care and it's it's also one of those things that entrepreneurs lose out on often. You know, you have those 3 a.m. white knuckle nights where you're worried if you're going to make payroll or, you know, you're so stressed out that you can't get to sleep. Uh, and, and and sleep is just so very vital to what we do. So Stephanie and I decided right there while we were prepping for the interview that we wanted to talk about sleep because sleep is so, so important. So I am honored to introduce to you Stephanie. Stephanie is one of the UK's top 20 most influential female founders she's the owner of bloom a brand marketing agency for high growth tech uh, startups and uh, she's the host of the entrepreneurship podcast time to bloom and so so she's just an amazing accomplished woman who also happens to struggle with sleep stephanie welcome
1: to the show thanks so much for being with us again thank you lauren i'm so excited for today's conversation very pleased yeah. to have you back. thank you oh.
0: Me too. Like I, I am just, I'm, I'm super psyched, and I do have to, like, for our listeners at home, Stephanie, you and I talked a little bit about this, but I do have to preface this by saying that, right this very moment, I am a little low on sleep, and so I will, I will beg your, your forgiveness, and I will beg your understanding, uh, listeners, and we will dive into, uh, dive right into it. So, Stephanie, I'm just going to ask you. Tell us why sleep is so, so important to you as a topic of study or a topic of conversation.
1: Sleep is something that unites us all. It's something that each and every single one of us have in common, and for some reason, We do not talk about it enough. We do not give it enough value and the intention and the importance that it requires. It's such a basic, fundamental human need. And I'm super passionate about this because I have a super rare sleep disorder, which we'll get into. know that you have insomnia, so we'll get into some of our own horror stories. Um, Oh, for sure. Even you sharing in the intro there about those 3am white knuckle nights, just that was that was too close to home for me. That made my heart rate kind of increase a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does resonate, doesn't it? <laughs> it is something that I think now is a great time to be talking about this too, because there is such a tremendous shift in the way we work, the importance that we're putting on our, ourselves, self-care, we now have this whole kind of exodus from the office, more of us are working from home, so there's more of this freedom and flexibility to run our own schedules and work how and when we want. So I think the combination of all these different things, the importance of health just generally with this wider pandemic, is something that we really need to spotlight and i think that it's something that i'm going to just go right off the bat and go in with with a potentially Get controversial it. statement here but i think that sleep the, the sleep deprivation especially in the entrepreneurial community has been worn like a bit of a badge of honor in the same way that i i will compare it to eating disorders where back in the 90s you would see these skinny supermodels that would starve themselves nutritionally in well, order
0: it was to called, it. It was
1: was little bit more than a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit as a little bit of 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 a the bit of a little bit of a little bit of and we have this very un- we have had this very unhealthy attitude towards not getting enough hours or being part of the 5am club, again, especially in the entrepreneurial community. So it's really time to change that.
0: Absolutely. And it's so interesting. And Stephanie, you and I did this last time you were on the show. Like, I really feel like we're, we're going to be besties because I, I was actually thinking that I was thinking about, you know, up until I would say relatively recently, there was this, this culture of busy. Mm-hmm. And not just in, in entrepreneurial communities, like I, you know, you see it everywhere. But there was yeah. almost like somebody would say, "I took a nap," and it would be almost with like a a, a look of shame, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. because there was this understanding that as human beings, in order we, ha- in order to be productive, we had to be doing as much as possible. We constantly mm-hmm. had to be doing, and and so I, I I do feel as though that is changing. That's shifting. I think that there is this this great societal shift toward more self-care and taking time for yourself and quote unquote, putting your mask on first. Um, But I, but I do, I think you're absolutely right. Um, You know, we, for the longest time we, we associated, I think, laziness with sleep, when in fact sleep is one of the most vital things that you can do to to invest in yourself and your own health, right? Oh,
1: Prioritizing sleep. <laughs> I have to just so sort to of jump in there, but I have to just build on that key word that resonates so deeply with me: laziness, because I am a bit of a workaholic. I really do pride myself on having a very strong work ethic, and my own sleep disorder which we'll get into is called DSPD um, essentially renders me uh, permanently jet lagged. So it's a genetic thing we can get stuck into. It's really fascinating, but basically it means that my peak hours are between the the times of, you know, 11 PM and 5 AM, for example, which does mean that at this, I do need sleep. I'm not an insomniac like you are, which we also get stuck into. I do still need sleep. I need quite a bit of sleep. And so, I've in terms of number of hours in terms of output in terms of productivity it's the same or better if I'm allowed to work to my schedule but um, being seen to sleep in not wake up until 10 a.m 11 a.m it is this really crazy like society like socially ingrained connotation almost you know without even consciously thinking about it is that you're lazy like oh my god you you slept until 12 you slept until midday it's just that inherent like laziness that goes along with it and it could not be further from the truth in my case at least
0: absolutely it, it, and I actually I I don't have. Is it DSPD? Is that what you said? <laughs>
1: exactly, DSPD it stands for delayed sleep phase disorder. It's a very 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 rare disorder that I've only just recently come across, and I'm actually taking part in a sleep study because sleep specialists are still trying to find out more about this this weird condition.
0: Yeah. Well, so so I do. We we are going to talk about that a little bit later, but I do just want to say that you know so so. I've done a lot of research in this, and I I feel as though, again, we're we're very much in alignment because my uh, productive hours tend to be from about oh, let's say 5pm until like 2, 3 in the morning. Mm. And that's where, so my circade, my my personal circadian rhythm is not really supported. Like waking up early is super hard for me. If I'm left to my own devices um, I, and I actually, I've tested this out multiple times and in multiple different ways, but I went through a period of time where, you know, I would I would have to go and I would have to work in an office and I would have to get to work like 8.30, 9 o'clock. And I did this to the point where it became you know regimented it became a routine but then when I no longer had to do that anymore, when left to my own devices, I very gradually moved to waking up around 10, 11 o'clock, you know, my you know, getting ready, kind of facing the day, doing all of the things that everybody who's like biological clock or circadian rhythm, you know, the folks who, who tend to wake up early or naturally doing the same things that they do, just doing it at a different time scale. Mm. And, and so, so I, I feel that because it sometimes feels though or at least to me it felt like I was out of step with the world yeah you know everybody has determined that these are the time periods which things need to happen and I existed outside of that
1: oh my god I could honestly word for word this is I relate to this so much I hope some of our listeners can relate to this as well even you recounting that commute into the office in the morning horrendous absolutely horrendous and you saying you gradually slipped back to waking up a bit later for me it would be the moment I possibly could the moment it would be like come Saturday come the weekend I would just be like oh I it would just be so physically painful and it got to the point where I would be I remember I remember lying in bed in the morning with the alarm going off and really really questioning to myself how am I going to get out of bed? Like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed. Like, I'm so, I think for most other people, it's like thinking about the alarm going off, I don't know, like 2, 3 a.m. Like, it's so painful. It's so horrific. And it got to the point where I just thought, this cannot be normal. Like the rest, like you're saying, it's like the rest of the world, which also, by the way, you know, this nine to five, Monday to Friday, like time, like schedule, timetable that everyone else has come up with, that originates... From the agricultural like revolution right. like, that comes from farming because of sunlight hours, so the idea is you wake up you know with the sun, you make sure that you you know plant your crops, you sow your seed during the sunlight hours, and it's something that's just continued as you say, and it's like become the norm and then again, that point around that deep societal in, um, ingrain how how deeply ingrained it is that you know the early bird catches the worm first one up, you know, early riser, you know, seize the day. It's just for us, you're feeling like outsiders. This is a huge part of entrepreneurship as well, because you get to call the shots, you get to make your own rules. And it's so I can't ever, ever see myself ever going back to an office and being somewhere at a certain time, a certain place, showing my face at 9am at the desk, just because someone else has,
0: Someone else decided that that was the way that it was supposed to go, and 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 I would argue like to, to those folks, you know, the fact is, I am more productive when I am allowed to exist within my own body cycle, mm-hmm. and so really it's it's to the the company's benefit to allow that that flexible time. You know, I'm going to knock out much more work. I, I have a uh, a couple folks that I work with and they love like 7.30, 8 a.m. meetings that I'm like, I will absolutely, I will be there. I will prioritize be there. I prior- prioritize being there, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be foggy headed. I'm going to be, I, I'm not going to be fully present because yeah. that is just not how my body naturally uh, insinuates itself into the world. Like that time for me is the time that I'm getting, you know, often it's the time that I'm ready, getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. And so if you see me at 7:30 in the morning, it's likely that I've only had one or two hours of sleep. Yeah. And, and so, so it's just. I don't know what the fix is, but I do think that there needs to be a greater expanded understanding of the individual and how their body reacts to sleep and how their body
1: is most comfortable uh, approaching sleep, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just, I remember say, I would go on these rants in the office. It was only it was only my second job into my career, but exactly as <laughs> you're saying though, it would just be like, wouldn't you rather I show up half an hour, an hour later, and be so much more on the ball and be feeling better and happier. And I think, yeah, again, it's like this movement in the workplace, you know, millennial talent, Gen Z coming into the market as well, and the financial rewards are not uh, valued as highly as other factors, such as the flexibility, the learning opportunities, etc, etc. So I do think it is changing. Um, but I would like to pick up on you mentioning about, you know, not knowing how to fix this. You've suffered from insomnia for, I'm guessing, a while, if not your entire life. I
0: mean, years, years and years. And I mean, honestly, like, since I was a teenager, really. And, it, and the fact is, like, I think that there is an inherent understanding or misunderstanding around insomnia. Um, you know, insomnia is, and I'm going to give like a little bit of a base definition here. But insomnia is... Um, in an in inability or a difficulty in falling and staying asleep, mm-hmm. but you can have acute insomnia and you can have chronic insomnia. I person, I have chronic insomnia. I have been, um, I've been diagnosed. I have been, uh, medicated at times. And I, I'll talk a little bit more about why I don't, uh, I prefer not to be medicated later, but, um, you know, acute insomnia is typically environmentally related. Um, you have stressors in your life or you have, you know, you have a new baby or something like that. And so you're, you are, um, dipping outside of your standard sleep schedule. It's, it becomes more difficult to, to get into that routine sleep. Chronic insomnia sufferers, Um, we are the ones who I, I average, two or three hours of sleep a night, Mm -hmm. because once I fall asleep, not only did I find it difficult to fall asleep, but I also find it difficult to stay asleep. And so, so, um, you know, I'm just in a state of perpetual tiredness. Um, And in my work around personally, like I take naps, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I have to, uh, you know, forgive myself for that. Because again, there's this culture where it's like napping, napping is laziness. And it's like, no, napping, napping is actually vital for me to get the sleep that I need. And in fact, it's not always ideal, because I'm not always falling into that deep REM sleep um but that being said it's certainly better than nothing and it's more restorative
1: than than operating long term on two hours of sleep a night you know yeah exactly I was going to ask what works for you because I've had sharing it with friends and their recommendations of spritzing your pillow with some lavender spray or taking I hear about melatonin one more time (laughs) I'm going to lose
0: my shit people are like well have you tried melatonin like of course I've tried melatonin it's like. The, the easiest over-the-counter remedy to find, yes, I've tried melatonin. <laughs> yeah.
1: So this um, is interesting because as much as I've had all these different, you know, old wives tales and different recommendations, all these different things, I personally have actually found the only thing that works for me is melatonin. So why does that not work for you? Because that is the sleep hormone. So, yeah.
0: so it does. So, and so in in, in this is what I was going to get into. Um, so I am what is called a fast metabolizer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it means that I process um, medications quickly and I build up a resistance very quickly. So melatonin and and really any any kind of pharmaceutical, uh, Ambien, Lunesta, you know, when I when I take those, they will work for a day or two. And then they will stop working for me. And so I will stay right awake and I can up my dosage of melatonin. But what happens if I'm not careful, I build up such a resistance that when I do actually need to like need, need, need to use medications, they're no longer effective for me if I'm using them longer term, more than like one or two days. And so I try not to medicate myself. Um, and that, and that includes melatonin, like Mm -hmm. I'll take melatonin one night and it'll work. It'll be great. And I do that periodically. And then the next night it will have zero effect. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It's 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 not my
1: favorite. (laughs) It's just napping for you. Basically. Is there anything else in terms of like diet or meditation?
0: Um, so I, I do meditate, um, and I, I do that on an almost daily basis, um, so I do prioritize that. I mean, I do I do all of the things that you're supposed to do, like turn off your phone, uh, limit your screen time around bed. so, so when I was a child, um, one of the things that that my parents had me do because I was a voracious reader, um, I would always have quiet time. Thirty minutes before I was supposed to be asleep, I uh, would have a book in hand and I would be reading. And that sometimes helps um, just reading a book direct like right because I, I in the long term I have come to associate reading a book with sleep not always great when I'm actually trying to read a book mm-hmm. uh, but it's certainly helpful in, in in finding and attaining sleep but again, like the frustration for me is usually not that, I often have difficulty falling asleep, but the biggest problem that I have is staying asleep. Mm. Uh, Like I am not one to sit down and pound out, you know, 10 hours of sleep. And when I do, it's like, it's a cause for celebration yeah uh, <laughs> you know
1: so one you mentioned before seeing as it's only you know chunks of time here and there 30 minutes an hour a couple of hours maybe tops you mentioned about obviously those rhythms we go in and out obviously we have the, the lights the rem which is the, the dream state and then the deep sleep so i have to ask you about your dreams as well then like do you dream loads do you have crazy dreams do you not dream at all um so I spend I and I don't
0: know how this works for for other insomniacs but I spend a good deal of my sleep time in that twilight time uh where you are somewhat cognizant of the things that are happening around you um even though you're you're not really able to
1: respond have you ever experienced that or am i just crazy no <laughs> well, i know what you mean not i'm sure it's definitely not to the same degree that you've experienced but yeah well, I know what you mean. so
0: i have i have crazy dreams and that that is the only time that i remember my dreams yeah. when i when i dream within that state of being So my most vivid dreams come when I am in that twilight state of sleep where you're mostly asleep, but still just a little bit aware. And so what's interesting for me is I am often aware that I am dreaming, um, which is really, really kind of fun. And I've learned that that is a little unique. Um, I've certainly experienced, I've met people who've experienced that before, but um, it's my understanding that most people, when they dream, they are not
1: actually aware that they're dreaming. It's called is lucid Is that the case dream. for you? Uh yeah, I don't lucid dream very often. No, that's quite rare. So yeah, you definitely take the uh yeah, the points for that one.
0: <laughs> kind of kinda interesting though. Like, I mean it, it is kind of interesting. There have there have been a few times when I've actually been able to manipulate
1: my yeah. dreams.
0: Like think to myself, huh, I, I kinda wanna do this. And I don't often do that. Yeah. But um sometimes I get a little experimental with it, I guess. <laughs>
1: I'm so. I mean, I'm so fascinated just in you know, how we fall asleep. You know, Billie Eilish's previous album. You know, when we fall asleep, where do we go? It's like you can't. I'm so interested in so many things across psychology and how human beings work and neuroscience. So, you know, thinking about we never remember, especially with the two of us struggling to go to sleep, we never remember. That point that we dropped off at which is just I feel like you know that's one of life's great mysteries you know we won't ever know because you know we fell asleep at the time and yeah as you say you know the two of our extreme disorders that have forced us to read into it a little bit more and understand I also have lots of weird crazy dreams I do find that in my circle of friends it's often myself that's the one who has these crazy stories and I could recount these dreams that just sound like films. And so I think this is a good opportunity to just remind everyone like the importance of sleep. We all know it. We get it. Everyone does need to sleep. But sleeping in itself flushes our body of um, of toxins that we need to right. it's only sleep that kind of gets rid of them. Obviously, it makes us feel impaired. It can make us feel drunk. So it's the same way as, you know, showing up to work, you know, completely pissed, as we'd say here in the UK.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> So it's you think about that and then the dreaming itself, actually, that's all shrouded in so much um, interesting mystery as well, because dreaming helps us to remember, it helps us to forget. It's part of our evolutionary cycle as well, with uh, uh, with nightmares as well. You know, precipitating what might happen. So it's getting our brain ready for these threats and fears. It's just really amazing. You know, we take it back to just these basic human necessities that we can't really control, um, and yet you know, Mother Nature knows knows that we need it. But again, you know, it goes back to this productivity hustle culture, always being busy that's this unhealthy badge of honor that we've been wearing and we need to really, you know, we need to get, we need to catch some Z's. We need to have those eight hours.
0: We definitely need to, to reevaluate our relationship to, to sleep and doing. And I, and, and, and I'm actually, all right. I would never, ever, ever say that I am glad we are in a global pandemic, but I do think that there are some positive things that have come out of it. I know that people have, you know, it's been a horrific shit show of an experience for the world. But that being said, I do think that people are placing more of a premium on that self-care component, that slowing down a little bit, taking time to to uh, a- enjoy the moment, to sleep, to spend time with family. Um, you know, so, so if anything good could be said uh, to come out of this pandemic, we I do think that perhaps maybe ha- more attention to
1: sleep could be one of those things. Absolutely, I do agree. It has been a catalyst for some good things, and I know it always feels, you know, risky to say it out loud and you know have it recorded in a podcast. Of course, no one would have wished this on anyone, but never ever. No, <laughs> we did need we did need a shake up, and I think it's you know the the catalyst for the positivity that it has had in terms of that prioritization of health or self-care, but also that recognition of those health services. Right. You know, over here in the UK, we've got the NHS. Um, Just, I think, some of those things that we previously took for granted, you know, has been a, a good kind of shift in our, you know, mindset, at least now.
0: Yeah. For sure. Well, so so really quick, I, I've been so fascinated by this discussion that I, I have forgotten or neglected to mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. They are a fabulous software development co- company. So if you have a tech product that you want to bring to market, uh, highly recommend them. I have spoken to countless clients of Fullscale, heard amazing feedback. Um, you know, they they are the way to go if you want to help build out a software team quickly. And affordably without having to worry about all of that red tape. Definitely recommend that you do that. And I imagine that engaging a team like that could help you get better sleep at night. (laughs) Had
1: to be done. (laughs)
0: Uh, You know, I just, I I had, you're right. I had to do it. It was, it was just an opportunity there. So, so Stephanie, I want to ask you this. I, I I do actually want to delve a little bit more deeply into your, um, your disordered sleeping. I mean, you mm. kind of mentioned um, what your experience is, but what are some things that you do mm. in order to to counteract or to, to be present or to because you're never going to solve the problem per se yeah, yeah, yeah. um but I guess to manage it
1: yeah great question and you're right in my in my case in particular it is a genetic disorder so it is to do with you know how I'm I was i born I've had this since birth it's part of my genetic makeup so there isn't much that you can do to solve the problem at the root of the cause but exactly as you say it's then how you manage it and so Interestingly with me I've had it as I said my entire life and it was only a year or two ago that I even came across this this disorder I'd never even heard of it before this is after also being to the doctor a few times about it as well because I mentioned before I had these moments where I just thought I know I'm not normal, I know that other people, like, surely they can't suffer as much as I do. So we'll get into the DSPD in a sec, because it is quite interesting. But to answer your question, having spent so much of my life trying to figure it out, I would do... I do a few different things. Like I would keep I have a very overactive mind anyway. And I guess being creative, it kind of flows more late at night. So I would keep a notebook or a sketchbook or something on my bedside table, was like a non-negotiable. Because you think of some stuff, it keeps you up, you're lying there wide awake. So it's like get it out of your head onto paper. So if that helps anyone else, you don't have to have DSBD to be struggling to get to sleep. If you just have a rough sure. night, like just get it out there, pen to paper. I did try all of those. I've got so I've got countless lavender sprays, and I tried magnesium tablets, and all these different things that didn't really work for me. Um, And so it's only been in recent years, with the diagnosis, that made it official, that gave it a name. That part of that was also giving myself permission to take melatonin so um, I also have because I'm so interested in this anyway I have I pay for um, some like premium sleep apps I also use an Oura ring which is like a health kind of tracker so all these things to track my sleep so really dig into some of that data as well I'm a marketer I'm a business person so I dig into that data what I found separate to the melatonin tablets is I'm gonna let you I'm gonna see if you can guess actually the number one thing That has worked for me in the past. That is completely natural. That's not tablets. It's not medication, and isn't one of the things that I've already mentioned. So it's not lavender spray. There's something else that does it have to do with diet? No, it doesn't have to do with diet. Okay. Uh huh. White noise machine? Uh, no. Something that really does get you set up for a good night's sleep and it's Lots not it's illegal. It's, it's totally legal
0: as well. I'm, 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 I'm like racking my brain and I can't kiss it. I've, I've heard of the order ring actually. And for, and I think because I often Google like sleep remedies that like my ads show me that all the time. Right. Like,
1: hey, what yeah. is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> it's bath time. So yeah, huh going back to like fetal development, like being in the womb, it's like being in warm water, being all like comfortable in warm water, um, having a good kind of 30 to 60 minute bath, where also, as you say, it's helpful if you do have a book that you don't get where you know, obviously no screen time as well. But I found that the times I'm able to have a bath before going to bed, that definitely helps and the interesting thing that you talk about as well with reading your book and having that great habit instilled from such a young age is again this is where psychology is so fascinating with how the brain works are those mental cues those mental associations that yeah. signal to our brain okay now it's time for bed so i think there's a part of that as well but yeah in today at at this point in time melatonin is what i need to get me to to get me on the straight and narrow i tend to so I tend to take it on a Sunday night, so that I can reset my my rhythm for the new week. Because again, the weekend I'm just I just slide right back to how my you know my body wants to be waking up at. Um, and I also I'm very conscious of not playing around with it as well. Like I know the danger you can get into. Like I. I'm very, very conscious of that dependency. I really don't want to get super dependent on something where unless I have this tablet, I can't go to sleep. So I do try to keep it as a bit of a last resort. If I have stayed up until super late at night, well, morning, as you say as well, then um, if it's really necessary to then kickstart and get back into the new rhythm for the week, then I'll do it sometimes. But yeah, it's it's a process. It's an ongoing management I've had this for my entire life so far. The more I'm learning about it, the the more helpful it is. And the more that pe- the other people know about it as well, the helpful it is. So with my team, they know not to book any, t- any meetings with me before 10 a.m. Um, I don't have any availability in my calendar beyond certain points in time. I make the most of that overlap when everyone else is awake to do the meetings and calls. And then I'll use that late time to do the deep, like creative work. So it's all figuring out, you know, what works for you. Yeah. And and, and I do. I actually kind of
0: love those 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 days when I have arranged my day to kind of fit more into my biometric uh, desires, yeah. you know, um, because, because, you know, two in the morning is such a lovely time to get mm. work done. And I, and I know that some people hate it and I, and I have started scheduling out emails, Um, you know, I have a, I have an app or something in my Gmail account where I can like schedule emails to launch at a certain time because it used to be that that people would get super frustrated because they'd be like, why are you emailing me at two in the morning? And I'm like, I'm not expecting you to answer. Like, (laughs) I just, you know, want to get it off my plate. Um. But it, that is yet another workaround. Like folks at home, if you are uh, if you are one of those who's a night owl, if you are AM in the PM, uh, that's a lifesaver because your team won't hate you. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like I, I I love those nights when I Absolutely. am allowed to let my
1: body do what it wants to do naturally, and that calm. Just to mention that that thing is at that point. There is also. That calm, that peacefulness, same as you. I absolutely love. I love having these moments at, at four, five a.m. where I know that no one else is awake. Look out the window. There's such peacefulness, and it is the same as again. I mentioned before, you know, the five a.m. club, this hustle culture. It's the same, just the other side of the day. So you hear these early risers that society has lauded. And have given them this kind of successful, you know, connotation. And they talk about, you know, the early bird that catches the worm, the early riser before before the rest of the world gets going. And it's like, well, we have that too. Just it happens at two, three, four in the morning instead. Right.
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, it does. There are certain things that, like, I find difficult about it. Because, like, for instance, I would love to take a run. At two in the morning, yes. But you can't yeah. do that because yeah, you know, as a, it, it it's not safe. Um, so there there are things that are limiting. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. in that. And, I mean, oh, we've touched okay. on the fact that the world isn't always built for people like us. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the things that I can do, like, in and, and my my poor husband, he hates this. Like, I love to clean at one in the morning. Like, I'll just that is when my body is most energetic, most focused, most, mm. and so so yeah. Like the poor guy, like he's just, he'll wake up the next morning and just be like thank you for that like, I heard you I heard you running the dishwasher or you know walking around putting stuff away at like one in the morning and I'm just like yeah, I love you you love me it's worth it maybe uh,
1: <laughs> I absolutely have that in common as well you know friends ask me what about your partner he is the opposite he is early bird early riser so we've been together for over 10 years as well now so, yep. so finally so we,
0: we've been married for 10 together for 12 and, and what's interesting and like I I I do I like I do consider us to be like in a mixed marriage my mm. husband and I because he first of all he falls asleep the moment his head hits, hits the pillow and I'm so yeah. jealous like I'm just like god that must be so nice But the other piece is he is the lightest sleeper I have ever encountered in my life. Do we have Um, the same husband? (laughs) I think so. Well, and so and so, I'm going to be perfectly honest. This and this is like people. I I have been judged by this before. But my husband and I actually sleep in separate bedrooms. Yeah,
1: that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: we learned very on in our marriage that if he wanted to get a full night's sleep, you know, do it like being around a an insomniac who sometimes has night terrors and very disordered sleeping that You're this right. was the actually a way for us to preserve our marriage but I'll tell people that or like they'll come over and they'll see that you know we have two separate bedrooms and and people are like are you okay like, is everything okay. all right yeah yeah. are about exactly. ready to divorce and it's like <laughs> no actually this is the way that we keep our marriage thriving uh because we don't hate each other for <laughs> for tormenting each other over sleep
1: <laughs> I love that you bring that up and well done to you for sharing that because again it's one of these other just again like society. Like someone else, someone else thought you can have your own bed when you're growing up. But then as soon as you get into a romantic, serious relationship, you then need to share that same square, you know, mattress, regardless of your own sleep hygiene or rhythms or routines or anything. No, I'm totally with you on that. I cannot believe my partner is exactly the same he goes to bed early. He falls asleep straight away. He's also a super light sleeper, so it really doesn't work.
0: I mean, so... an ant farts, and he's like, "What? What's going yeah. on?" And I'm just like, "It's it's okay. Like, no, nothing's happening. I just shifted a quarter of an inch. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally."
0: Yeah, well, and I find that you know even there, like, and this this is tangentially related to to our sleeping system, but you know we are physically affectionate enough throughout the day mm-hmm. that I don't miss that yeah. uh, nighttime cuddling or anything like that. Like we made it a priority to uh, to to be physically affectionate with each other yeah. uh, when we're awake, and then it doesn't matter as much when we're sleeping.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, That that is too funny, like Stephanie. It it actually kind of freaks me out a little bit. You're you're my sister
1: from another mister across the pond. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, totally. I love
0: it. (laughs) Well, so so we we've spoken in kind of uh, specific terms about what works for us um, Mm -hmm. as far as sleep, but for the folks playing at home. You know, first, let me just say, like, if you if you are a disordered sleeper, um, I would encourage everybody um, who who experiences trouble trouble sleeping to to try a sleep clinic or to try, you know, talk to your doctor about it and make sure that you are um, first understanding the root cause of your issue like stephanie i find it fascinating that you have had this disorder all of your life and it's only relatively recently that you've come to a deep under- understanding of it I mean, because when you understand it
1: you can navigate it you can again you know you can manage it it's so incredibly validating to discover that it's the thing and that it has a name and that it's real in the way that i imagine um other people with other, you know, who realize that I don't know, they've got different sexual orientation or they identify as different gender or whatever the case may be. But it's like, oh, my God, I, I knew that there was something, you know, and especially after it being so long and having visited the doctor multiple times. This also, you know, speaks to g- like s- general society's view on sleep as well. It was so Honestly, it was so shockingly dismissed from the doctors that was, right. I think, the and I went for a different reason because I also I only go and see a doctor or medical professional if I really, really, really need to. So it was a different reason. There was something more serious that happened. But I thought to myself, you know what? I feel awkward, but while I'm here, I have to ask. And I felt kind of silly, like, bringing it up because it's like, because of sleep, whatever. But I'm like, I definitely feel compelled enough like I know that there's something going on here I just don't know what I don't know what it is and so I think maybe the first time it was just so blatantly dismissed another time um they said that I was just stressed um and then I think the third time they said that I hadn't established um I hadn't established like good sustainable routines um as in like seven days a week because I would be so 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 desperate to catch up on the sleep again not an insomniac like you I do need a lot of sleep I just do need it at a different time of the day I was yeah. so tired that by the time the weekend came around I'd be like oh it would be such a huge relief it would be like quenching a huge thirst with like a liter of juice like This is how I always describe it, like not even water, like fruit juice, like a real thirst quencher. It was like, oh, finally. And I'd feel a little bit more human. And then by the time Sunday, I'd be like, oh, I wish I could just live my life like this. And then I would be back on the, you know, on the rigmarole again come Monday morning. And of course, I would feel like a ton of bricks came down on me. So as you say, so it was really only, you know, thanks to the Internet. Um... I can't remember how I think the classic thing of just kind of going down the rabbit hole but found this thing and it was just reading reading the description of delayed sleep phase disorder it was such I mean you can just imagine like this deep feeling this validation the satisfaction just reading that description and a huge excitement as well of like yes like yes, this is me, this is categorically me, I absolutely have this like no shadow of a doubt and you know, lapped it up more and more and more and was like, wanted to read as much as I possibly could about it, of which again, there isn't much because again, I think it is a relatively recent discovery when you research sleep or you look up sleep disorders, you'll typically find insomnia or sleep apnea. You'll very rarely come across this in, you know, your standard kind of sleep articles. So as I said, I'm taking part in a sleep study, medical professionals are still learning more about it. Um, But my theory, very interestingly, and this for me satisfies, it scratches an itch, where I'm so interested in human psychology, neuroscience, as well as history here, is I have the theory that because this is something that is genetic, I've had it since birth, I believe that this is an evolutionary thing that stems from our primal ancestors. And I think that the reason why this is all well, this makes a lot of sense with why it's in such a tiny minority, because I believe that my ancestors, because my family are also, you know, pretty extreme night owls as well that my ancestors were the night guards that would keep watch at, during the nighttime, while the rest of the tribe slept so you would have like one you know night one one guy on the night shift you know you'd have one watch guard out yeah. of your tribe of 20 30 maybe 50 and so again, because it isn't natural, because we are meant to see sunlight, we're meant to have that vitamin D. The circadian rhythm is meant to follow the you know the cycles of the planet. So it isn't natural, but I do believe that it's over those thousands of years since right. those ancestral, like primitive night guards that we keep watch. I think that that's where it stems from. That
0: is fascinating. See, yeah. I had never really thought about that. So so I I'm a product of a of mixed parents uh my mom is very much an early riser wakes up at like 5 a.m in the morning gleefully so which i just do not understand uh whereas my dad he was very much a night owl and so i definitely inherited that from him but that that is fascinating yeah well and and when you think about you're right It, it it's not natural evolutionarily speaking like yes we are we're know condition we need that vitamin d but at the same time being awake during daylight hours and then you know moving to the safety of the cave mm-hmm. at night for sleep mm-hmm. was the safest. Mm-hmm. Like the That's dark true. was where things were gonna get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so that is part of the evolutionary process as well. You know, our our ancestors mm-hmm. were conditioned to be awake during daylight hours because you could see around you. Yeah. And you yeah. could see predators and you could find dangers more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that yeah, is exactly. that is fascinating. I and had never I'm, really thought of
1: that. And this is why as I say for me. it really does this is i was so excited to get stuck into this topic with you today because not only do I have these struggles but it scratches that itch across you know history human evolution that the neuro like how our brains are wired and so another little tidbit to quickly share on the historical timeline as well is um is during the Victorian era we something used to happen in like society maybe it was more of a British thing like here during the you know Time Queen Victoria reigned, but something propelled actually, just to your point around like, you know, daylight and the light and, you know, escaping predators and seeking safety in the cave at nighttime. During the Victorian era, we would have two chunks of sleep because, again, we go up and down. We have these rhythms and our circadian rhythm, you know, it's in these chunks of minutes and hours. And what would happen yeah. is, and, we would have these two chunks of sleep in the night, and we would wake up in the middle and it would be like totally normal and This actually gave way to the advancement of street lighting again, maybe it's more in London or in the u k but where you see these like vic- these gorgeous Victorian like oil lamps as the street lights that yeah. was that was kind of a part of it as well because people would get up. They would visit. There were these gorgeous illustrations as well of people in their pajamas. I also, by the way, we didn't touch on this earlier, but I'm in my pajamas for this like sleep podcast, which, which I
0: love. And to be fair, <laughs> I am as well. I'm definitely wearing a pair of boxers and a t-shirt, but those are my version. That's my version
1: of pajamas. Right. <laughs> there are these gorgeous illustrations of these people in their, you know, their Victorian pajamas and their night hat and dressing gown and slippers. And they would go and pay visits to their neighbors and they would go for like a cup of tea and they would have this like break in the middle of the night between yeah. these two. So that's where you have what's called like the second sleep. So again, like all of these things which we just take for granted, we take, you know, no one teaches us this stuff either. That's all just accepted as part of our, as part of the norm in today's society, which right. is like going to sleep for this huge well this longer period of time at night time during these sorts of hours so I think you've got this whole yeah just interesting kind of diversity piece even just with sleep itself right well and and so so I'm a huge fan of Nikola Tesla um
0: mm. I wouldn't say obsessed but it's not far off mm. um and, and and there are there are actually many geniuses throughout history who have uh, reported sleeping in short bursts mm-hmm. rather than than long, you know, seven to eight hours, and so it's certainly possible. Um, and I, I'd be interested. I haven't really looked it up too much, but I'd be interested to see if there's some correlation between creative thought and mm-hmm. you know the the quality and. Uh, I guess, depth of sleep that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to tell you, Stephanie, I I hate to do this because (laughs) I am so fascinated by this conversation. We have actually gone well over time uh, at this point, and, and, and I'm going to have to draw it too close. I knew that this was going to be a good conversation because we had a good conversation last time. We had a really good conversation, yeah. and I left feeling energized. I was like, yes, I really, really dig this chick, and I really can't <laughs> wait to talk to her about sleep because we, we had kind of touched on it a little bit, but it is this has been just as uh, wonderful and instructive and interesting as I, as I hoped it would be uh, I am not surprised, but I am gratified. And I am going to ask you, uh, and I'm going to ask you a sleep related question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, uh, tell us about a, this is your human question, by the way, tell mm. us about a funny dream or a fun dream that you had.
1: Oh, such a good question. Okay, I'm going to try and not take up too much time. So <laughs> listeners, Thank you for bearing with us. Um, I'm going to go with one of my more recent ones that's just fresher in my mind. I dreamt about uh, one of my best friends uh, for whom I've I've bought a t-shirt made by another best friend in real life and I dreamt that I finally got to give him this present and inside the box was not only this t-shirt that I have bought for him but also a load of other things like wacky sunglasses and like feather boa and all these like crazy dress up things and he just started putting all this stuff on and getting all excited and it was just i love dreams where there are these elements of the real world and then this crazy dream you know shit if i can say that (laughs) like this crazy dream stuff that's just overlaid on top the next day (laughs) what i love about it as well is how it does keep up the contact with friends as well sometimes because i think sometimes if you don't, necessarily have much to talk about. You can be like, "Dude, I had this crazy dream about you last night." And kind of kickstarts. Yeah, I, I love
0: being able to do that. And and so interestingly enough, um when I wake up, this is this I'm I know we have to go, but I'm going to share this uh, two things cuz I think they're kind of funny, mm-hmm. but I tend to wake up with a song in my head, oh. and it is typically a song that um started while I was still in the dream state. Mm-hmm. Uh and and so it so today or yesterday it was actually the Mario Brothers have no idea why it's always just a completely random weird song that has nothing to do with anything I also tend to have dreams uh, about raccoons Uh, not not every time certainly but I would say that a high like an inordinate Percentage of my dreams in some way
1: involve a raccoon, and I don't know what that means. I have Do no idea. You know, I would definitely say you've got like the the black circles around the eyes. It's a night. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely an animal associated with like nighttime, not getting enough sleep. So. Yeah.
0: So maybe, maybe the raccoon is, is my you know my yeah, my, right. well, my heart <laughs> friend. uh well, Stephanie, thank you so much for for taking time out of your schedule once again to to chat with us, share your story um this has been this has been lovely. <laughs> Thank, thank you, thank
1: you. you. No, thank you so much for having me again. Great to get stuck in. And the time always flies with you, as always. So I, You know, I feel the
0: same about you. We're <laughs> going to have to do this again. We're going to have to find another topic. But um, folks, I, I do have to tell you once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by FullScale. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we sure do love them around Startup Hustle. Uh, definitely want to direct you to find Startup Hustle. We, we have a deep digital footprint, uh, Startup Hustle does surprising nobody. Uh, So definitely take a look at our YouTube channel where you'll find Startup Hustle TV. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. We have Startup Hustle chat on Facebook. All you have to do is search for Startup Hustle and you're going to find us on most social media platforms. We would love to see you there. And I have to tell you listeners, we are so very grateful for the time that you take to listen to us week after week and we cannot thank you enough thanks and keep on doing it we will catch you on the flip side startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably make sure you reach down
1: and hit that subscribe button then come find us on instagram see you next time
0: Like we do it.